Well, I'm not saying whether or not Emily Gordon wrote this as a ghost or a real human being. <laughs> You're saying that Kumail sat with a Ouija board yeah, and then just wrote out the screenplay. Yeah, this is the first film written by Seon. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 460 with a review of The Big Sick. I am Christopher Schneezy. And I'm Stephen Milofferston. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. This week, this is our second review in the feeds. Uh, we previously had a review of baby driver so if you haven't listened to that yet you should go back and check it out um we are spoilers pretty fond of that movie um but yeah now we are talking about the big sick and uh i figured for our start off question for this episode the most appropriate question would be to ask you about spoiler culture Mm. and uh certain types of films based on true events uh you might not know the full story behind the event but I feel like if you know even the slightest I bit, still haven't forgiven you for ruining Passion of the Christ for me. <laughs> yes, I mean, like Passion of the Christ, I maybe not like Passion of the Christ, but I, I, I feel like there are certain stories where just knowing people close to the story, mm-hmm. um, I, 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 I feel like if you had any knowledge about this film coming to be, you probably know at least the basics behind the beginning and end of this story. Right. Um, so I guess, I guess the double-ended question for you is, is in general, how do you think spoilers should be handled in a story like this? Mm-hmm. And then the second half of the question would be like, should we consider the end? Like The general, then the specific. Yeah. yeah. How do I feel? And then what are we going to do? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I think... I mean, it's, it, spoilers are always kind of need to be judged on a case-by-case basis, right? I don't think there's any one-size-fits-all rule for what you can and can't say about a movie. Yeah. Like, certain things, certainly like a historical film about a real event that many people know about, I'm pretty sure you shouldn't worry about spoiling it in general. When it's a personal film like this, like, I feel like there are enough people out there who do not know kumail and emily to such a degree that they would necessarily like be aware of their life story already yeah um so i think like the it's all about degree basically i think don't be a dick like if there's something that is narratively very surprising and played as a twist even if it should have been obvious i think you shouldn't really make it explicit when you talk to other people but i think you if there's a film that is heavily informed by the ending, like if the ending casts a shadow over the rest of the film, then I think like you are completely have free reign to say whatever you want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about it before we go to part two of the question? It's it's so weird because like I, I, I'm setting myself up to fail at my own question because I feel like the, this this narrative is so unique. Like you want. Like, I, I assume we're on the same page as, like, we know about people involved in the story. Mm-hmm. And what we are coming, what we are entering into this film to see is the event abstracted away from the results. Like, mm-hmm. we know what happens by the end of it. Um, I think if you just Googled names, 
you're just going to get returns for things that spoil things in the story, right? Right. Um, so it's I, I, I it's so I, I think for this movie in particular, the eventual outcome in the sense of who lives and does not live should be fair game because I think the it's kind of critical even in describing who made this movie to kind of spoil that fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, beyond that, I would tread lightly, I think. Yeah, I mean, all, all individual events throughout the story, I, I I definitely am on board for, like, it's not like one of those things where like, we know how it ends up, so free reign on all spoilers, but I, mm-hmm. I just feel there's some aspect to it. It's like, it feels silly beating around the bush in this story when... It seemed like, I don't know. <laughs> I, th- I think we can play it by ear. I, th- I think there is, there's not that much that I would want to spoil that I would feel is a spoiler. Yeah. If that makes sense. I think the, the overarching story that this movie tells is either told pretty well from the trailer plus the knowledge of who wrote the film. Yeah. I, I don't know that there's that much that I'm going to be struggling with there. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, we're playing it by ear, <laughs> mm-hmm. and we'll do our best to be good. But uh, we right, might crash and burn, <laughs> like someone trying out for the Montreal Comedy Festival. Uh, yes. Uh, Is that a spoiler? <laughs> no, no, I don't think it's a spoiler. All right, we're off um, to a good start. All right, we are going to take a listen to the trailer for the Big Sick, and then we're going to come back and give you guys a review. This was fun. Wait, we haven't even had sex again yet. I'm just not that kind of girl. I only have sex once on the first date. I'm just gonna call an Uber. <laughs> your driver will be ready as soon as he puts on his pants. Is your bad Watch and learn, bye. Oh, class. I have to tell you something, bye. I've been dating this girl. She's white. A white girl? Hey, you can't look like you and me, a white girl. It's okay. We hate terrorists. I wonder who that could be. I'm guessing it's a young, single Pakistani woman. This is Zubeda. For your files, your X-Files. That's your favorite show, huh? <laughs> the truth is out there. <laughs> Are you judging Pakistan's next top model? You know how we have arranged marriage in my culture? Oh my God, I'm so stupid. Can you imagine a world in which we end up together? I don't know. I'm looking for Emily Gardner. She was checked in tonight. There's an infection. We put her in a medically induced coma. Coma. You should call her family. Thank you. Come on. We're going to handle things from here. I think I'm just going to wait anyway. You guys broke up. I'm not sure why you're here. I'm just going to stay for a second. Is this seat? Is that lady still looking at me? So, uh, 9-11. I've always wanted to have a conversation with people. You've never talked to people about 9-11? I'm still standing. I'm still Want to do anything? You got to call the games? No, I've You have a play. You can't rhyme it? You try to find a word that nobody can rhyme. Okay. And Stonehenge. Is... Yeah, see, you would win. Yeah. I think I screwed up with your daughter. Yeah, it did. Let me give you some advice, Kamal. Love isn't easy. 
That's why they call it love. I thought I could just start saying something and something smart would come out. All right, so that right there was the trailer for The Big Sick. Basic premise is boy meets girl. Uh, Boy and girl fall in love. Boy and girl break up. Girl immediately falls into a coma. (laughs) And boy... Sort of hangs around, maybe. Mm-hmm. Trying to see what's going to happen and meeting the folks. <laughs> you know, just your average romantic comedy that takes place in a hospital waiting room while the love interest is unconscious in the other room. Mm-hmm. Um, but, Stephen, what did you think of The Big Sick? So I think it it's worth mentioning my implicit biases already. I'm a pretty big fan of stand-up comedy. And I'm also a very big fan of films and television shows that attempt to portray the life of real stand-up comics. Um, obvious things come to mind like Louis, you know, Seinfeld, yeah. uh, hence the the big sick reference earlier. Um, but things like Crashing too, or pretty much like uh, almost any movie basically that is about like a heartfelt movie mixed <laughs> with stand-up comedy, I'm pretty yeah. much in for uh, it's hard for me to think of exceptions to that rule. And and so right away, I was already definitely rooting for this movie. And I had been following it pretty closely in terms of uh, Kumail and Emily. I had heard their story on You Made It Weird, which is Pete Holmes' podcast, um, maybe like five years ago. Uh, and it was just one of the most emotional episodes I've heard where they're both telling the story of how how they met and how this bizarre incident brought them closer together. So... I am not an unbiased source at all. I came into this movie fully expecting to love this movie, and I walked out fully loving this movie. <laughs> um, I mean, I don't want to play into the kind of stereotypes that this movie is grappling against by like labeling all people under one umbrella, but I think this is the perfect demonstration of what Aziz Ansari wants to be in the <laughs> things he's doing and is trying a little too hard to convince me of. Like, yeah. This is a movie that just so effortlessly captures the feeling of being an immigrant in America, the strange ways that dating and modern romance have kind of changed over time and the way people in the 21st century interact, uh, the way kind of comedy changes your outlook in the world. It th- This is just a movie that it tells such a personal story in a very, very, very believable way. And I think it definitely has a few hints of the... There's a certain like Judd Apatow brushstroke that I see in certain scenes that I kind of wish wouldn't be there, like a little bit of things that kind of gloss over the narrative or make certain side characters feel a little more heightened than they needed to be or like a little bit more one-upsmanshipy in the jokes. But like 98% of this movie felt just completely authentic and genuine and very small in a very, very believable way. I think the the best example I can relate it to, which... Carson definitely won't like, and you probably at least partly won't like, is Don't Think Twice gave me very, very, very similar feelings when I saw it last year. And that is a movie that is unafraid to A, be very funny, uh, just both on and off the stage, like showing people actually practicing the act of yeah. comedy and populated by people who actually know what they're doing, like can can emote what it feels like to be a comedian. But then also off stage just has the kind of the laughter through darkness. Um yeah. 
this movie, I'm sure everyone is talking about the perfect 9-11 joke that is hiding in this movie. Yeah. And it's really just a great rep- representation for what this movie is going for, which is it it's dealing with really big themes, right, of not not just like romance and something terrifying happening there, but being a coming from a like Muslim country to America and having families with very, very high expectations of you and potentially rebelling against them and rebelling against your faith and trying to carve out a space in the world where you don't lose what you have, but you still find out how to be your own person. And that is just a a topic that is rife for discussion and is also like very, very, very heavy. And if you did not undercut it with humor in the appropriate way, I think it would be a not pleasant story to sit through. Yeah. Um, but with the humor of someone who has lived through that and knows how to kind of make light of dark situations, like making light of the idea of parents disowning you, right? Like without really doing a disservice to the fear of that. It, I just thought this was the perfect vehicle for the story to be told. And I think they just did a great job of it. I I love Kumail as the lead role. I thought I was skeptical of Zoe Kazan playing Emily, but I think she pulls it off. She like she pulls back a little bit of the cuteness charm that she pulls in other things like what if. Like I think she's a little bit more reserved here. Um I think like uh, Ray Romano and Holly Hunter are both great as her parents. Yeah. Um I think Kumail's family is just like a little bit more heightened than I would expect, but I also got the feeling that like I haven't lived through that and probably people who have find their characters hilariously relatable. Yeah. Um, so this just had that kind of like very lived in true feeling that is what I love going to see indie flicks for. So yeah, left a big smile on my face and I'm super, super, super happy. I got to finally watch this. Yeah. Um, I, so I, as, as I mentioned at the top, we both have some back, no, backstory. We, we both have, both have prior knowledge of the backstory for where this film came from. I, don't follow everybody involved as much as you. I haven't listened to this episode of You Made It Weird. Um, so I hadn't like been taken through the whole thing. I just knew about that this was a thing that happened and where everything ended up. Um, so I was kind of, I was just really on board for, it was one of those things where like the trailer had a nice feel to it. It was like one of those movies where like, I'm just going to go in and watch it and and enjoy it. And I think I liked it far more than I even, I, I was already expecting to really, really enjoy it. But I think that it's it's kind of like what you said, like just they feel so authentic. Mm-hmm. And the way because they're they're compressing some time, like because this is a pretty it felt like a pretty short movie. Yeah. And, and I think that like like they rapidly take you through the the course of of this like th- this meeting to relationship to breaking up to now she's in the hospital. Like that has to go so quickly yeah. to get to the meat of this film where it's really uh, Kumail meeting her parents and sort of kind of dealing with that culture clash mixed with his his like own fan. Like he's the the going through that beginning of the relationship, even at that speed, it still felt so good. Mm-hmm. And like it was it was funny too because like you know like what what you're here to see is them eventually breaking up. And I was kind of trying to think as like everything is there. All the pieces are there. And you're like, okay, well, this is going to be the thing. And I know that she's going to be upset when she finds out about, you know, the, the, the family dynamics and stuff like that. But like in my head leading up to it, I was like, I don't really get how the breakup happens from just this, this situation. Mm -hmm. And in the moment I was like, 
that makes so much sense. Like I don't like I was so placed in in um in in like her shoes and was like, oh no, yeah, this is super shitty and like which is interesting because that's one of the aspects of their story that was kind of modified to fit to fit the narrative. Like like in the real world they didn't actually break up right beforehand. They were like strained a little bit, but there was no breakup that preceded this event. Okay. So like they were still together when she was placed in a medically induced coma. Yeah, Yeah. Gotcha. Um yeah, so I well, so that that answers one of my questions in the back of my head because in the film he finds out she's in the hospital because he gets a phone call from her friend, and in the context of the film, I was like, they must be very happy about that friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I guess that didn't happen in real life. Now the whole movie is shit. I'm just throwing it all out the door. It could have still been a call from her friend. I don't think boyfriend is on your like ID card when you go to the hospital. True, true, true. true yeah. No, I'm, I'm just I'm just kidding though. But mm. yeah, so. That like there there is there is a great there's just a great moment in the film where uh, like the, the the scene where Emily wakes up in the middle of the night <laughs> and the things that like happen around that like those moments like they're so they just feel so real and yeah. and great and it's one of those things where like you're just smiling and you're watching it and you're you're vibing with these characters and like whether they're in happy moments or sad moments like it just it feels so authentic and I know that like this is, you know, indie comedy and it's it's going to be there to sort of manipulate me and everything. But it still feels like I don't want to believe like even when you just, just said that like they were still together and the relationship was just strained when the event like I don't care. Like mm-hmm. the way I watched it in the movie is the way it happened. Damn it! Yeah. Like it's one of those things where like as you watch, it just feels it just feels good. And and. I mean, even when it feels bad, it feels good. We're, like, we're just one of those things where it's like the, the weight of everything doesn't feel like it's trying to be weighty. It just feels like this is a weighty situation and these yeah. are people making their best of it. And really, I have zero complaints about this film. <laughs> like, it, like, I love this movie. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those things where I can't even necessarily give you concrete reasons why. It's just one of those things where it's like, yeah. That was a great watch. Like, yeah. I'm just glad I watched this movie. Um, and then and everybody is in it. Who's in it is great. Um, and yeah, I just I just think it's a very it's, it's an impressive film. And yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I I agree. I think what I so what what I knew I would get is I knew I would get a story that would tug a few heartstrings just because they. I mean, like, damn, as a true story, as this, uh, like, insane meat cute, right? Yeah, yeah, Um, And I also expected I would get comedy, like, just because I know I like Kumail's sense of humor, and I just assumed that would be in this movie in some form. Yeah, yeah. But I, I was not expecting the kind of... I wasn't expecting, A, the the wistfulness of it, like, the the humor through darkness that it manages to find. Like, I think the the characters of Emily's parents are just... They're so representative of a real type of person. And I assume they're not really based on her specific parents. They kind of seem like based on Ray Romano and Holly Hunter. Um, <laughs> but like, like, yeah, they, they picked people to cast because they just wanted them. They're like, yeah. you, you do you. <laughs> you do you, do you Ray. Um, but, but they definitely, they represent a very real type of person, right? Which is like the, the, the girlfriend's parents who are like, 
you don't quite connect and they're from a different age and like some of what they think seems a little quaint but you also know that they want to connect and they're scared and like everyone is just looking to kind of get through this situation and find a way to laugh and see light at the end of the tunnel and I am such a sucker for movies about seeing light at the end of the tunnel and trying to get a laugh in dark places. Yeah, yeah. And I think my favorite parts of the movie were where Kumail is getting to know her parents and kind of yeah, yeah, bonding. Sure. And he's a little bit guarded and they're a little bit guarded and judgy, but you just kind of see them opening up to each other. And that that is like some of the most true bonding I think I've seen in film that really yeah. felt like how it would play in real life. And I, I, th- I think that's what the film nails too about relationships and dynamics with families like not just the individuals with their respective families but like when when you're in a relationship with somebody and you you meet that family and you like spend time becoming sort of like a piece like these characters never had that time right Mm -hmm. but those families have intimate knowledge of them well except for kumail's family yeah but like emily's Emily's family has intimate knowledge of who kumail is and and w- the context for the relationship they were in, but he has no idea what she knows, right. what she was told, other than the fact that that she just like all she tells me everything, you know, and mm-hmm. he's just like, oh shit, uh, I'm gonna go sit over here, right? Like that, though, that's the type of stuff where it's like it nails that awkward sense of like, I'm just too, trying to do right in this moment. I don't know how to respond to this. All I know is that I do care about the person who's laying in that other room, and if you, the folks weren't here mm-hmm. i would be here and now you're here and you're like dismissing me but like i feel like like it, yeah. it, you're, you're both custodians of like a different part of her life right? yeah, yeah yeah and like you feel they don't necessarily fill all of that and you clearly don't fill all of it either but you you're both trying to find a way to to meet in the middle somehow yeah yeah i think the best example of that for me is there's a there's a little moment when while she's in a coma, they go back to her place because uh, her parents are going to spend the night there. And he, like, makes some excuse to walk into Emily's room so he can... Like, hide like, the weed. Yeah, hide yeah, her yeah. weed. No, I love that. I thought that felt like if that isn't a true story, like, he must have at least known someone who did that. Because yeah, that felt yeah. like exactly what someone would do in that moment. Just a little... And it, it shouldn't matter, right? Like, it's not she's going to wake up and they're angry that she smokes. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just the little things you do to to guard each other. I also one thing that surprised me is I I knew this movie would be about their romance and about the diffi- the the strain that the coma and his upbringing put on that but I didn't know how far this would go in terms of his relationship with his family. Um I think the I don't want to give away how the movie ends that arc, but I think it leaves it on this really pleasant place where there isn't a there's not a hard conclusion, but there's kind of a wink about the way that life goes that it, it's hard to say without giving things yeah, away. But yeah. I I thought it hit just the perfect note for there, too, of the the balance people can strike in trying to carve out their own path while still loving their family without necessarily agreeing with everything they do. Yeah, yeah. And that's just the whole tone of the movie for me is it just nails humanity so yeah, well. It nails everything that you can nail in this type of story. Like. It doesn't feel like it what what it feels like is almost like they've told this story enough times that people are like, this should be a movie. Mm-hmm. And instead of just like, oh, we'll just make the movie, they're like, no, we want to make sure that this movie encapsulates 
everything to the truest sense that we can. And it's not like this isn't just like a well, people said we should do it, so we did it. This is this feels like no, this was a story worth telling, and everything from the performances to to just like the emotionality of the situations themselves. We're like we're gonna execute on everything to justify the existence of of this story, and it to a T. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's great. Yeah, I'm in. I don't even know how else to praise it. <laughs> I have like no reservations <laughs> about this movie. So, so I, I've, I've, I've seen headlines, which of course I, I didn't read the articles, but a lot of people saying that like it's, I, I don't remember the phrases, but some, some people have commented that it's, it's like, it's blandly nice or it's like it's overly fine or whatever stuff. But I think that's bullshit. Like mm-hmm. that, I've seen lots of lots of movies about relationships that are overly fine and i think this i think is, what if is a fine example of that yeah, yeah i feel like this is a cut above that and maybe that maybe it stems from the whole like truth is stranger than fiction thing where it's like they're not buying into the normal tropes of of a film of this type because they're following events that actually took place yeah. but i i just feel that something about it makes it shine when it maybe didn't deserve to shine as much as it did um, well, just, I, I think for for me, the thing that makes it shine, and the thing that makes it not just fine, because I see the point of that. Like, this is a very likable movie. It's a pretty inoffensive, charming film. Yeah, that knows how it wants to make you feel and does a pretty good job of guiding you through it the whole way. But I think if they had wanted to just phone in this story, they could have easily rested on the laurels of the basic plot points of what happened. Right, like girl, guy and girl fall in love. They split over something that should have been temporary. She goes in a coma. He has to deal with it. That is like a Nicholas Sparks movie waiting to happen, right? Yeah, like yeah. you could go so many different routes of him like doting over her and crying and thinking like, if I only had one more chance, please, please, please. But that isn't what this movie does. This movie wants to talk about how we relate to each other and how parents relate to their children and how you how you carve your own way in life while still paying homage and respect to the people above you. Like it, yeah. it chose a much smaller, more personal thing that it wanted to do. And the, the coma, even though there is an emotional roller coaster that that takes you on, I feel like that's never the overarching tension in the movie. I feel like the movie is really just about this. It's more about a, a story of a guy falling in love with someone's parents, like not falling in love with them, but like, growing into himself with them yeah. and like coming to grips with his family and her family and finding finding his own way there. I think it's just such a small thing. It it feels more like one of those kind of classic Woody Allen movies to me where it it sure it's pleasant and meandering, but the the things it wants to tell you about are very they require like a kind of gentle touch to peel them back, right? Yeah. And this is a movie that is willing to peel those backs. I yeah, I call bullshit on those headlines. I think it it is nice and, quote, fine to a very, very, very direct point. And I think it nails that point. Yeah. And and I think I think good evidence against the it being just fine and, and not and, and not just being a normal film is uh, I mean, at, at this point, we've stated several times that Emily is alive. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but I think that she is still in a coma. <laughs> Uh, <clears throat> yes. Anyways, um, 
uh, what I was going to say is in the film, you know, like a normal, a normal, just fine film would be like she wakes up and everybody's like, I love you. But like this film, one of the things it leans on is the fact that like coming out of a coma, it doesn't matter what's been happening in this room for however much time has passed. You weren't there for any of that. Mm -hmm. So you now have to like reconcile everything that took place before and after without the context of like Kumail hanging out and playing games with your folks, right? Like you don't get that for free. It's not a thing where it's like, oh, well. Mom likes him now, so everything's good. It's yeah, like, in in a in a weird way, I kind of want to compare it, at least in in substance, to Room, where like what Room <laughs> decided to do was take a really emotional event, and then show you the aftermath and the kind of conflicting feelings that the character who was the the subject of the drama, but not really a uh, autonomous like participant in the drama, how they feel. Now that everything is supposed to be good and yeah. rosy, but they don't really have agency in the goodness of it. Um, like when that movie came out, one of the things I really, really liked about it was how much it spent in that second half. And like this movie, of course, is way more front loaded than back loaded. But yeah, I still yeah. I really like that touch. I think that's like just yet another really interesting idea is what do you what do you do when you've heard all this kind of. Basically, you've heard, like, the goodness of someone mansplained to you while you were asleep. <laughs> and, like, you're not just going to take their word for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, I guess in, in one more piece of evidence against this just being a fine film and how much I think it's perfect is usually I will bring up, like, one, one of the schnazy things that I'll bring up is how sometimes I wish a film would have been, like, a six-episode series of a show. Mm-hmm. And I feel like this nails what it's doing so well. That, like, even though part of my brain wishes I could have, like, two episodes of the relationship forming, two episodes of the coma, and two mm-hmm. episodes of, of after, the, yeah. after the coma, I'm still, I'm like, no, this is, this is good. This has got a pretty little bow on it. I love what it did. It should stay exactly as it is. But, so it even overrides the schnazing and the schnay. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. So, yeah, should we get to verdicts? I think so. All right. Stephen Miller, if you're going to give this a must-see, a recognize the caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or a must-avoid, what would you give it? A uh, must-see. Uh, a, for how great it is, and B, just to give more exposure to this movie. I think, like, I know I shit on Trainwrecked a lot, but I'm going to be really angry if, like, Trainwrecked <laughs> winds up having done substantially better than this movie. Because <laughs> I feel like this has just so much more to offer. Yeah. For sure. Uh, must see from me as well. Um, fantastic film. And, uh, you know, if you spent a cent to go, if you saw Transformers for free, mm-hmm. you owe it to the world to counteract that by counteract going, the racism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, going and paying to see the big sick. So, yep. there you go. That is our review of the big. I mean, two films this weekend, two mussies, mm. two hosts. <laughs> or are you glad I didn't say banana? Uh, but yeah, I, th- I think this is this, this. I was gonna say this was a good weekend, but technically, we saw both films previous yeah, to this weekend. Yeah, so peel back behind the curtain. We were going to record these episodes one week ago from today. Yeah. So we're playing catch up now, but you could have gotten this a week early. 
Yeah, yeah. And I mean, really, we, we could have recorded Baby Driver over a month ago when we saw that early screening, but... Yeah. But, you know, we had to celebrate the 4th of July. Yeah. <sighs> we lost a lot of good red coats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. But that is the end of this review of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. Or, or, it's not a review of the Spoiler Warning Podcast. You can leave reviews. <laughs> you can leave reviews of the Spoiler Warning Podcast in iTunes. And there's still that one really sad review that we have. Every once in a while, I'll go back to check reviews. No new ones because nobody leaves us reviews in iTunes, which they should. Uh, but there's that one that's, <laughs> that says two people don't watch old films, one guy can't talk. <laughs> and every time I read that, it makes me laugh and cry at the same time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, if much you, like the big sake. Yeah, exactly. Um, so yeah, if you feel better towards this podcast that we do than whoever wrote that review did, you should definitely leave us a review or some stars, but no review. Mm. Whatever Citizen you want to Kane, do. am I right? It's classic. <laughs> yeah, you can tell us. Yeah, leave us a five star review and then tell us your thoughts on Citizen Kane. Um, but yeah, so this, this is the episode. If you want to find more episodes of the podcast, you can head over to thespoilerwarning.com because a bunch of those are there. If you want to know when these episodes go live, you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning. If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com or you can use the contact form on our site. Music for this episode will come theoretically to the soundtrack to this film. I assume one exists. Um, I think so. If not, we'll find a song from somewhere to put in there. <laughs> I keep thinking the uh, the song from Boyhood is going to be in this movie too. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's the episode. As we mentioned at the beginning of last episode, next week is Spider-Man Homecoming, which I'm very, very excited for. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know how... We might have the patented triple must-see. That never happens. Maybe. I don't know. I, I, I just... I will be so surprised if Carson likes a Marvel film. <laughs> That's true. Um, but I, I assume he's going to send me an angry, angry text message any minute now about how I forget that he loves some Marvel film that I forgot. Oh, yeah. Uh, Iron Man 3. Yeah. Um, so... I feel like he loved Guardians, too. Did he not? Yes. As we've established, I forget everything that he likes. So, but anyways, we're gonna go head off before this trails on too long. Um, and uh, provided neither of us, or neither none of, provided the three of us don't all fall into a coma before next week, we will have a review of Spider-Man: Homecoming for you. So, get ready for that. Thanks for joining me, Stephen. Thanks for having me. And thank you guys all for listening. Talk at you next time. <laughs>